Okay, so this week we're going to be discussing Osches in Sefer Reshmilin. As we discussed last week in Oszayin, Oszayin was a hakdam of sorts to the concept, to the sugya of Shvira Sakelim, to the shattering of the vessels, to the breaking of the vessels, which Rav Kook is really going to take us through in Osches. Now last week, as we discussed, after the formation of Aleph through Vav, of the Kayach HaGvul, the Bilti Gvul, of the potential limitation manifesting into creation. Ospez was the Tzimtzum and the creation of the Chalal HaPanui. Oskimo was the Arida L'Tzorech Haliyah. Osdalid and Hay were the formation of Malchus, as Malchus exists in the world of Atzilus, and then as Malchus descends into the worlds of Riyah, Yitzir, and Asiyah to become the place, if you will, the Makom of our Oda. Then we came to Ozvav, which was the creation of the Partsufim and the Chesed Din and Rachamim, the Shlosha Kavin, through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. Ozayin, according to Rav Kok, was when HaKadosh Baruch Hu arms us or girds us with the weapons, with the Klei Zayin necessary to engage in creation. Meaning, creation for Rav Kok as interpreting the words of the Arizal, is not going to be an even playing field. It's going to be one where, like we said, the maximum amount of concealment is going to reign supreme so that the individual is capable of discerning the light within the darkness itself, thus magnifying the Kedusha of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that not only can Hashem manifest in revelation and in light, but Hashem can manifest himself even in darkness and concealment. And those clay zayin, those weapons that HaKadosh Baruch Hu arms us with, are to gird and prepare the individual to fight this milchama, as we said in the name of the Ramchal and the Hakdama, or the beginning, the first parak of Nisus Hasharim, to fight this battle that the individual is born into. As the Meishiloach says, and the Tzadike Ishbis and Razin, they quote the statement of Chazal, which says, Noyach la'adam shaloi nivra. It would have been easier for a person had they not been born. And Ishbitz is very clear to make the distinction. The Chazal does not say that it would have been better, that mutav l'adam shalom nivra. It does not say that it would have been better for a person not to be created. Rather, it says it would have been simpler and easier for a person had they not been created. Meaning that adam l'amal yulad, that this is a world of toil and effort and concealment and working through the concealment. And daika from there, specifically from that place, we're capable of utilizing the clay zayin, the weapons that we're endowed with, in order to reveal HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even in the darkness. Now, Osches is going to be really the first expression, if you will, of the source of this darkness. Where does the concealment come from? Where does the chaos come from? Where does the brokenness come from for which we need the clay zion, for which we need the weapons in order to cut through all of the concealment? Why is it that we live in a thicket of overgrowth? Like we said, the Mikubalim are referred to as the Machatz de Chakla, the gardeners of the field. But the question is, where do these overgrowths come from? Where do these concealments and distortions come from to the point that we need weapons to cut through them? And for Rav Kook and for our Mikubalim, especially the Shita of the Arizal, and his Tamidim, it's going to be Shvira Sakelim, the notion of the shattering of the vessels. Now, if you could, in theory, you can split up Kabbalah Sa'arizal into three stages, three or four stages. Three stages are going to be as follows. There's going to be the Tzimtzum, which we discussed in Os Aleph and Os Beis, which is the decision Kavyachal that Ensof made to create a world, to make himself relatable, so to speak, to human beings, to create something separate and other than God. 
Then we're going to have the Shvira, which is going to be this initial traumatic experience, this originary cataclysm, this breaking that takes place at the root of creation. And after the Shvira, we're going to have something called Olam Hatikun, the world of rectification, which we're still active in, according to the Leshem and according to our Tzadikim, only with the coming of the Mashiach, only with the coming of Mashiach B'Merabi Amenu, do we finally actualize the Olam Hatikun? Are we finally done with being Mivarer, the Birurim, of clarifying all the things that have fallen in the state of Shira Sakelim? So this second intermediary stage of creation is going to be known as the Shvira Takelim. For the Arizal, it represents this chaotic trauma that basically sends all of creation into disarray. It sends all of creation away from its bordered status into chaos. It's referred to by the earlier Mikubalim as Olam Hato'u, based on the beginning Psukim in Bereshis, which means chaos. Rashi has a very beautiful perish on what Tohu means. He says, that a person questions in his heart what it is that he sees when he examines it. So for our understanding, Ulama Tohu represents the confusion and the concealment that we find ourselves in. Now, Shvira Takelim, according to the Arizal and according to the Zohar, is hinted to already in Tanakh, is hinted to already in Parshas Vayishlach, by, at the end of Parshas Leishlach, when the Torah speaks about the Misa of the Zion Malchei Edom, the death of the, sed, the seven Edomite kings. Now, after the Psukim that describe this ostensibly meaningless Parsha of, you know, these anonymous kings with random names that we don't really have too much access to understanding them, after these seven kings of Edom die, there's an eighth king that comes along, Melech Hadar, and he comes along with his wife, Mahatibayel. So the psukim in Vayishlach, according to the Arizal, are the description of the Shvira Sakhelim, the breaking of the seven vessels, the vessels of Chesed, Gvura, Teferes, Netachod, Yesod, and Malchus, the seven lower spheros, as we'll see, which break at the initial space of creation. And our entire job, our entire job in creation as human beings is to elevate those fallen kings, is to be mavir those kalim that fell, to pick up those broken vessels, and to reveal and disclose the nitzotzot, the sparks of Kedusha, the Roshim of Kedusha, which remains entrenched within the klipa, even as it exists in its lowest state. So all of our avoda, all of our bechira, all of our purpose in this world is only possible because of the Shira Takelim. Because of this shattering of the vessels, we are now operating in a playing field where it is our job to discern right from wrong, to be mevarer things that remain doubtful, and to elevate the good back up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to show in a psychological as well as an active spiritual way that that which appears to be devoid of significance, that that which appears to be devoid of meaning, that which appears to be devoid of Kedusha is in fact rooted in the loftiest realms where they existed in their supernal state prior to the Shvira itself. Now, Shvira Takelim is typically understood in the wrong way. And whether or not this is the fault of particular individuals who chose to interpret Kabbalah Sarizal in a specific way is not the matter of this year tonight. But suffice it to say that Shvira Sakhalim, the shattering of the vessels, the breaking of the first vessels that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created and placed in the world in order to effectuate the proper balance between light and vessels, like we discussed in Os Gimel and Os Dalid, 
the world is always situated on a duality of orot and kalim, of lights and vessels. The or is how HaKadosh Baruch Hu manifests himself, reveals himself to us, and the kalim are how the world and the world of separation, the things that are other than God, receive that light, mitigating that light and minimizing it so that we can receive it without being overcome and nullified by the infinitude of it all. So something happens in these original stages of creation. Now, the typical understanding of Shira Sakalim is as follows. The typical understanding of the Shira, of this cataclysm, of this traumatic breakage, which affects everything in existence to the point that everything is where it is not supposed to be. And every experience we have feels as if it is in the wrong spot and everything operates in a deferred state. The typical understanding of the Shira is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tried to create a world and Hashem had the best interest in creating this world, but somehow, some way, something went wrong, whether it's because of klipa, or whether it's because of ra, or whether it's because of concealment, something goes wrong, and in result, there's this traumatic breakage, and human beings, our job, B'nai Yisrael in particular, our job is to fix things, fix things so that they can return back to the way they were supposed to be. So in the typical understanding of the Shvira, we have a relatively difficult concept, which is as follows, which is that Hashem wanted to create the world in a perfect way. Unfortunately, that perfection couldn't take effect. And therefore, we now live in an imperfect world, which needs to be fixed. The Leshem and Rav Kook come along and show us, and this is true in Talmud Abal Shem Tov, Talmud Hagra as well, that that is not the way to interpret Shvira Sakhalim. Shvira Sakhalim is not some accidental catastrophe that takes place and which kind of pushes creation off course. God forbid. What Shvira Sakhalim is, was this original plan, so to speak, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had already in the initial will, Kavyachal, of creation, that there should be the requisite amount of concealment and the requisite amount of frustration and distortion to allow, as we've said nearly in every letter, for the playing field of Bechira. So instead of looking at the Shvira as this traumatic accident, which we are now suffering from its symptoms and the side effects of it, our tzaddikim tell us to look at the Shvira not as some accidental event, but rather a fundamental and essential stage within the creation and the outgrowth of creation itself. Meaning to say that Hashem, Kavyafel, within his original will of Kadsalik Beruusa, of the infinite will of Ein Sof Kavyafel, decided that the world should be disclosed in a matter that there is a trauma at the opening, at the original state of things. Which means to say that Shvira Sakhalim is not some accident which needs to be fixed which halavai shouldn't have happened, but rather it's an essential part of the historical unfolding of creation, so that when we look at the shvira, instead of feeling that it's an accident, we can look at it as an essential event, which we are forced to live within. Now, the shvira sakhalim as an essential event, shvira sakhalim as the opening of creation, can be seen as follows. For the Arizal, after HaKadosh Baruch Hu was mitzamtim himself, after HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided to create the world, Hashem needed to create, so to speak, vessels. Hashem needed to create kalim so that they can receive the light and refract that light into the limited realms of being, known as the worlds of separation, Bri, Yitzhira, and Asiya. For whatever reason, and we're going to discuss a number of those reasons, for whatever reason, those kalim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu set that HaKadosh Baruch Hu set up in the world of Tohu, in the world of Nikudim, which we discussed last week is what the Ramak, as opposed to the Arizal, spent most of his time discussing, that for whatever reason something goes wrong and those vessels 
which HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed his light to fill, were incapable of collecting that light. There was too much light, so to speak. There was a reboy or and a mute of Kalim. There was an overexpression of light, which could not be contained within the vessels of concealment. And those vessels shattered with their sparks, their 288, their 288 sparks descending into the worlds of creation. And our job is to elevate those sparks. Now, the Leshem Shabova Achaloma, the Leshem in Sefer Hadeya, okay, in Sefer Hadeya, which actually stands for Drushe Olamatohu. So the Leshem Shabbat Achalom and Roshon Yashiv, the Chavusa and the Rebbe of the Rav Kook in his early years when he was a Rav in Zalmo. So the Leshem Shabbat Achalom dedicated a massive, nearly a thousand page sefer to the Sugya of Shira Sakhalim, to the Sugya of Drushe Olamatohu. Now in Chelek Aleph and Drushvav, the Leshem famously shows that there are 11 reasons that the Arizal explicates throughout his writings through his student, Rav Chaim Vital, which claim to describe the purpose of the Shvira, which claim to describe why is it that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to create the world through an original trauma? Why is it that the world has to be elsewhere as opposed to operating the way it's supposed to operate? So the Arizal, throughout his writings, describes 11 different reasons. For Rav Kook, as we're going to see, the reason that he focuses on, at least in Sefer Reish Milin, is Siba Yud, the tenth reason, according to the Leshem Shovachaloma for the Shvira Sakhalim, is that there was no balance between the Or of Chesed, the expression of light from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the Or of Gevura, or the expression of concealment and containment through HaKadosh Baruch Hu that there was an imbalance, so to speak, between the expression of divine light, between the influx of divinity into the world, and the capacity of the world to handle it. Now, he bases this reasoning on the Gra in his parish in Safraditz Nusa, where in Safraditz Nusa it's written as follows. In Safraditz Nusa, the Mishnah says as follows, Ta'ena, the Adelohave Mitkala. It is taught that until there was no scale, until there was no balance between chesed and gevura, between outgrowth and concealment, between the masculine and the feminine, between chesed and gevura, between expression and concealment, between water and fire, lo hevim mishkachen apen ba'apen. The svirot, if you will, or the kalim, were not facing each other face to face, and therefore there was an imbalance and everything broke meaning to say that there needs to be a proper balance between the expression of divinity in the world and the concealment of divinity in the world. Because if there's too much expression of divinity in the world, then it could come to a place where it's mavata bahira, where we no longer have the capacity of free choice because it's too revealed. And if there's too much concealment in the world, then there's no room for actually doing anything good. So therefore, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted in the original will of Ein Sov Kabyachal is to create a world with a mitkala, to create a world that is measured in scales, balanced. Everything needs to be balanced properly between the expression and the receiving, between the masculine and the feminine, between the clarity and the concealment. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided that in the original stages of being, in the original stages of creation, it will not be like that. And this is the Lashon of the Leshem. In Siba Yud, the Leshem says as follows, HaGra B'Tzafraditz Niyusa. The Gra in Safraditz Niyusa writes, Achr Shemavur Sham Kamasibos Lemisa Samalachim. After he expresses multiple reasons for the death of the kings, Hine Amr Sham, the Vilnagon says there, more reasons for the death of the kings. And the Gros says as follows, 
mishum chisaron hamitkala, because of the lack of the balancing act of the scales, shehu sod hadas, which is the secret of das, which is the secret of knowledge which connects between the left and the right, which connects between chachma and bina, between chesed and gevura. The base itrin, the two crowns of chesed and gevura that are expressed into creation were not balanced properly. So the reasoning, according to the Grah, for the Shvira Takelim, for this traumatic breakage that affects everything in the world to the extent that nothing is as it should be, and everything seems to be deferred from its proper place, so that in order to effectuate any act of Kedusha or spirituality, a person needs to gird themselves with the weapons, needs to invoke all the effort that they can possibly have, that Kedusha is difficult to engage in. The reason for that is that the balance between Chesed and Gevura is not clear, is not present. Now, we're going to look at Rav Kook's words on Os Ches, and we're going to see that he really utilizes this Shita of the Leshem, this Shita of the Gra, and really which is the Shita of the Arizal through his student Rukhaim Vital, in describing the Shira as the result of an imbalance between two opposing forces. But we're going to see something profound for Rav Kook, and this is going to be the second introduction. Rav Kook could have very easily expressed the Shira in Os Zion, because Os Zion, the number seven and the letter Zion, which represents the number seven, is a number that is deeply connected to the Shira because seven represents Teva, as we know from the Maharal. It represents the natural world, which is deeply affected by this initial shattering and this initial breaking. And there were seven Kalim that fell, which is why there are seven nations, which we have to be Mavarer in order to enter into Yerushalayim. And the seven vessels of Chesed, Gvura, Teferes, Netzach, Hod, Yisod, and Malchus, which broke during the Shvira, at least according to the Arizal, are those Midos that the Baal Shem Tov came to show us that we have the capacity to change and elevate. We can elevate the Chesed that fell through proper acts of Ahava. We can elevate the Gvura that fell through proper acts of fear. We can elevate the Teferes that fell through proper acts of discerning the aesthetic beauty of the world. We can elevate the netzach, the hod, and the esod of the world by connecting to things properly, by being victorious and revealing the eternal nature of Kedusha in the world, that our job is to elevate these seven fallen vessels. So it would have been fine if Rav Kook would say that the Shviro was represented by the Os Zayin. But specifically, Rav Kook says that the Os represents the Shviro. Why? Because the eighth king, like we said, is Hadar. Hadar is the Tikkun. Hadar is the king that comes along and fixes this traumatic breaking. For Rav Kook, it is impossible to look at the Shvira without the simultaneous understanding that there is a Tikkun side by side with the Shvira. Rav Kook was incapable, or Rav Kook came to the world to reveal that it should be incapable for us to discern any act of destruction on behalf of Kedusha without a simultaneous and synonymous act of creation and fixing. There could be no discussion of the Shvira without the discussion of Tikkun itself. So Rav Kook chooses to teach us about the Tikkun and the Shvira, not by Os Zayin, which typically is used to describe the breaking of the seven vessels, but rather by Os Ches, which is used to show us that there is an eventual fixing. And like the Maharal says, that after seven, which represents Teva, we have an eight, which is a Ches, which is Lamalim in HaTeva. So Rav Kook is showing us already by describing and discussing the Shvira by Osches, that you can never look at the Shvira as a standalone event that remains accidental, rather the Shvira is a purposeful event that rests at the opening and the original nature of creation, which allows us to have access to Tikkun. 
On a certain level, according to Leshem in his writings and according to Rav Kook, the Shira can be seen as a constitutive trauma, a trauma that doesn't destroy some pre-existing Seder, but rather a trauma that creates the existing Seder, that the trauma that rests at the opening of being is what gives birth to a world of concealment so that the Jewish people in the world at large have the capacity of engaging it. And Rav Kook shows this Kedusha inherent within the Shira act itself by associating the Shvira with the Osches. Now, when we look at the Osches in terms of Ksavashuri, it's very clear that we're dealing with two Zions. There are two Zions, which, as we saw last week, are the weapons, and those two Zions are connected by the hooks, by the Yichud that takes place at the top of it. And with that introduction, we're going to now enter into the worlds of Rav Kook. Rav Kook says as follows in the Osches. Rav Kook says, the breakage and the destruction that comes through the the imaginations or the concepts that attack one another, that confront one another, that gore one another, if you will, of that there is an attack, if you will, there is a, a violent engagement between these two Siurim between these two distinct ways of looking at the world. Idealim hasotrim the ideals that contradict one another. For Rav Kook, the partsufim and kedusha and any way that Hakadosh Baruch Hu reveals Himself and interacts with creation is through the idealim. This is very clear through most of Rav Kook's writings, at least when he's being explicitly kabbalistic. Rav Yosef Avivi did an incredible job in describing this, at least in the first part of the first chelik of Kabbalah Saraya. But the ideal, the idealim hasotrim zeetzeh, the ideal ways of functionality, the way things are supposed to be devoid of the practicality and the reality of things being broken, there are ideals, there are ways that things are meant to operate. And these idealim, they confront one another and they're soter one another. They contradict one another. Zos hachatas. This is the cut. This is the breakage within existence. This is the tear. This is the crack through which the light shines. Hamachteh, the protestation, the fighting that takes place within existence. It is through this pigisha, it is through this contradictory experience where one side of chesed confronts one side of din, one side of masculinity confronts one side of femininity, one side of the shemesh confronts one side of the lavana, one side of the or confronts one side of the kalim. And this pigisha between these two opposing traits is represented in the shvira itself, like we saw from the leshem and like we saw from the gra in Safadit's Nyusa, that the shvira was resultant of the lack of das, which properly connects these two opposites. So Rav Kook here is explaining very specifically and explicitly that the Shvira comes It comes at the beginning of the arrangement of the worlds in the context of a Hakdama, of an introduction to the building of the worlds in their fullness and in their grandeur, in their Hadar, which we said was the Hadar, Melech Hadar is the eighth king who comes to fix. The letter Ches represents Hadar who comes to fix the Shvira. Rav Kook is saying that the Shvira is not some accidental 
transcendental event that comes in the middle of creation as some sort of surprising action which breaks things apart and which we have to kind of come up with a secondary plan to fix things, but rather the Shvira itself comes, Bitur Hakadama, it comes in the context of a Hakdama as an introduction to the entirety of existence. It is a constitutive trauma. It is the breakage that builds. It is the shattering that allows for us to create a formidable playing field in which we can engage in Bechira. Without the Shvira, there would be no Bechira. The entire Shvira is there for the purpose of Bechira, so that we can be Mevarer, the broken vessels from the ore and the Choshech that exist in Ibuvia. V'nehedar, it's a binyan oilamim, it's for the sake of creating worlds that are shalem, shlemus only comes after a chitzaron. It only, the only capacity for us to have something shalem is by confronting the shvira itself. The nehadar and the melachadar that comes and reveals the grandeur, the beauty that comes about dafka when we elevate the fallenness, when we elevate that which is broken in existence. Shnei zainin zelekabelzet. Two zainin, two weapons, one in order to receive the other. There is an opposition going on between the two weapons of existence. On the one hand, there is the chesed. On the other hand, there is the gevura. On the one hand, there is the or. On the other hand, there is the choshech. On the one hand, there is the or. On the other hand, there is the kalim. On the one hand, there is the dachar, the, the masculine expressive quality. On the other hand, there is the nukva, which is the receptive feminine quality. Bechule, bechule. We can go on in describing all of the different binary oppositions which are represented in this inherent duality that we perceive as a result of the Shvira. But nevertheless, Shnei Zainim two Zions, two weapons in order to receive one another. Machane Mul Machane, one camp versus the other. Meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu set up the world according to Rav Kook in a, an apparent duality. And I say apparent because it's not an actual duality, as we'll see, but it's an apparent duality, which seems to be machane mul machane, one camp versus the other. Hazayin shal hachayel hahores, the first Zion, which is the Gevurot, which is the Tohu, which is the Olam HaNikudim, the traumatic breakage, that is the weapon of the camp that comes to destroy. That is the presence of Gevura and negativity and concealment that HaKadosh Baruch Hu places in the world in the beginning of creation, Baha'olam Haisa, Tohu Vavohu Veruach Elokim before we say that Vayihi Or meaning the tohu always precedes the tikkun, just the same way that the klipa always is kodem as lepri, just like choshech is makdim, choshech and darkness serve as an introductory stage to light in order to intensify and disclose a deeper level of light. Against this chayel hahores, against the first zayin that comes to destroy, l'umaso hazayin shomachane habone. There's also the Zion, the weapons of the camp that comes to build, the Or Hatikon, the Melechadar, the masculine capacity, the Or HaChesed that comes to be Mavara, the broken vessels, and to fix the trauma, and to work through that trauma, and not to simply act it out in a repetitive fashion. Hamahares Esahores, and here of Cook says something beautiful, and I think that if a person wants to understand really what he's describing, they have to really look at Oros HaMochama and Sefer Oros, where this second weapon comes to be Mahares Asahores. It comes to destroy the destroyer, which means to say that at times this or of chesed that comes to fix the brokenness of the world needs to be mislabish in an or of gevura. 
that tzaddikim who come to reveal light in the world very often need to fight against the darkness in the world. Like we say every, every, every Leil Shabbos, Hashem sinura, that there's a certain capacity of those who love Hashem to hate evil. That this or hatikun, this level that comes after the Shira itself, is a level that destroys the destroyer, which means to say that it is not some openness and expressive love it, in spite of all need for constriction and, and limitation, but it is a love that operates within limitation and constriction, that the midos of tikkun are the mitzvos and the maizim tovim, the kav hamida, the distinguishing limitations of shiure mitzvos and the different distinctions and prate pratem that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us through the prate prate halacha. Misachtem yachtav behisnashbusam. Both zainim coalesce together, confront each other, Behisnashgusam comes from the word Vayigash. It comes from this encounter between Yosef and Yehuda, between the light of Mashiach ben Yosef and the light of Mashiach ben David, between the light of the masculine and the light of the feminine, between the light of Yesod and between the light of Malchus, between the light of the kingship of Yosef, which is more of a destructive form of Mashiach, which comes to represent the rectification of physicality, like Yosef and Mitzrayim, as well as Mashiach ben David, which comes to represent this spirituality of Messianism, the spirituality that comes down into the world to be Megalit. This Pegisha, this Vayigash that takes place between the two Zions is this encounter between the Olam HaTohu and the Olam HaTikun, which allows us to finally encounter the Das, which the Gra in the name of, and the Leshem in the name of the Gra in the name of the Arizal tell us is so necessary in order to fix the Shvira. Misachtem yachte behisnashgusam. They unify together in their encounter. The harsha'a hove and the noise takes place. It is a loud expression of trauma. It is a breakage. There is pain involved in it. There is a shattering involved in it. There is hate very often involved in the fact that HaKadosh Baruch has concealed himself. There is the pain and the okates, the sting of history, which is situated on the progression from Tohu into Tikkun. Rav Kook is not claiming that it's easy. Rav Kook is not denying the fact that it looks ugly at times. But there is a pigisha between the Tohu and the Tikkun, between the breaking and the fixing, and there is a loud noise, a loud occurrence which takes place. The cut is revealed, meaning HaKadosh Baruch is revealing that there needed to be a breakage prior to the fixing. The Ha'ara'ayon Ha'elyon, and the lofty thought, Mechaber Esazaynim Yachad, comes to unify these two Zions together. Like we see in the Ksavashurit of the Osches, which Rav Kook is working on, is that there is a unity between the two Zionim. This apex, this Das, which comes to be Mahaber, these two opposing camps. Das, we know, is not counted in the Spiros when we count Keser, because the Arizal tells us that Das is the Pneumius of Keser, that Das and Keser are two sides of the same coin, that only the Keser Elyon, only the Ratzon Ha'elyon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is prior to and elevated from the existence of Tohu and Tikkun, which can contain within itself the paradoxical nature of Tohu and Tikkun at once, of breaking and building at once, of concealment and disclosure at once, of light and darkness at once, of masculine and feminine at once, of the moon and the sun at once, only that Keser Elyon, that Pella, that Os Aleph, the Pella Elyon, which is like we said in the Shiran Os Aleph in the name of the Ramah by Birchas Asher Yatsar, which is Hamafli Laaso Shemakasha Ruchni Yisbedashmi, which is kolel besocho to hafachem at once, only that ra'ayon ha'elyon, 
has the capacity to unify the two weapons together. In the elevated heights, in the transcendent realm of Keser, Yoshev Seser, that sits in concealment and, and it is not disclosed. Because if Keser was disclosed, there would be no more room to suffer the light of Tohu and Tikkun. But rather, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mechaber, the two of them, this Das, this Mitkala, is contained within concealment. Hegyoy Naira, the wondrous, frightening thought that the tzaddikim are capable of discerning even when they confront the suffering of the world, even when they confront the brokenness of the world, they recognize that the two Zions of Osches, the two Zions which represents all opposition in the world, are actually unified in the Das and the Keser that unifies them. Choshev machshavos ve'etzos merachok. HaKadosh Baruch Hu thinks the thoughts and prepares the etzos, prepares the suggestions like Rabbi Nachman HaKadosh did for us, prepares the thoughts and the suggestions which will unify the two of them. Which means to say that Kad Allah when HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided to create the world, it was already within his original thought, Kav Yachol, and the Leshem spends most of Chelek Beis of Sefer Adaya discussing this, it was already contained within the unconscious of the divine thought, Kav Yachol, the unity that will take place between the trauma and the working through of that trauma, between the destruction and the Tikkun. It is prepared from the beginning. That doesn't negate the historical unfolding which we need to experience, the pain and the effort that it takes to be Mavara things, but it is there in order to show us that it is unified from the beginning. Rav Kook continues and he says, the Ches, this Ches, this Lashon, the Os of Ches, is the Shem Hachai, is the name of life. Shem Hachios, the name of vitality. Shem Yichos Hachayim El Kol Asher Chayim Boim Mefachim. The or, the light of life and vitality that exists within everything in which the, the heartbeat of life exists. Meaning to say that there are numerous things that exist and appear to be devoid of spirituality. These fallen vessels, the nitsotsos that appear to be entirely devoid of any kadusha. For the Arizal, our job was to simply elevate the rapach nitsotsos that fell. And through the rashash, that was described as properly davening with the proper kavana and the proper intention and the meditative stance which we encounter when we daven the words of tefillah. The balshent of HaKadosh V'Tamidov came into the world to show us that tikkun and the rectification of these vessels is not relegated simply to the realm of davening in a specific way, but rather each and every action, each and every thought, each and every movement and gesture that a person experiences in their day-to-day life in the everydayness of spiritual vacuity, each and every act is in and of itself an act of tikkun. Like the Baal Shem Tov says in the name of his teacher, Acha Eshiloni, that he came into the world to operate according to the rules of Chanuch, that Bechol Tfira V'Tfira, that Chanuch Kavyachol was a Tofer Na'alayim, he was a Sandler, he was working on shoes, Bechol Tfira V'Tfira Hayam Yachid and each stitching of the shoe, he was Miyachid Yechudim, and Rav Desler brings this down, and Rav Salanta brings this down, and, and the Svar Makdoshim bring this down, that Hasidus reveals to us, the Or of Mashiach teaches us that it is not simply davening, which is elevating the fallen sparks. It is not simply Mesirus Nefesh, like it was in the prior generations of Hasidic Ashkenaz, like the Chidah tells us, where fasting and Sigufem were how we elevated the sparks, but rather it is every act, every thought, every engagement, every conversation, every drive, every traffic jam that we experience, it is our ability to elevate or bring down sparks 
source of holiness, and our job is to elevate them. Our job is to encounter each and every experience that we have to elevate these lights back up, to show that there is chayim bom mefachim, to show that there is life pulsing through the veins of every experience. Chayis toirayach edas aniayach. Rav Kook here is using a pasuk like we quoted from Rav Zaitlin, Hashem Yom Kamdomo and Shir Aleph on Os Aleph, that Rav Kook typically uses psukim to show that what I'm saying here is not simply hashra'a, what I'm saying here is not simply, you know, mabakach or my own imaginations, but it is rooted explicitly in Tanakh. And here the pasuk is coming from Tehillim, Parak Ayin Dalet, Pasuk Yudpes, where it talks about how HaKadosh Baruch Hu should save us from the Chayos Ra'os, the other nations of the world which come to destroy us. And the Lashon of that Pasuk is Chayos, save us from the Chayos, which is the Lashon of Ches. So we see that Ches on the one hand could represent destructive forces, but on the other hand, that Pasuk ends, Chayos Eidas Aniayach, save the soul, the Chayos of your impoverished nation. So we see that in the same Pasuk, Daven Malka Mashiach is using the word Chayos to describe both the nations of the world which come to destroy us, like Chayos Ra'os, and the chiyus of our nation, which is the soul of the Jewish people. And Rav Kook, in my opinion, is coming to show that ches already contains within itself both Zions. It comes to contain within itself two opposite traits, the Kedusha and the Klipa, the Tohu and the Tikkun, the nations of the world and the Jewish people. Oz HaMilchama, the strength and the courage of war that we experience, like we said in the name of Rav Chal. No senes, the HaMilchama, Neged HaMilchama. There's the strength of the war, which is one Osayan, which is the Osayan of Tohu and the Osayan of Gvura. The Hamilchama, Neged Hamilchama. Like we said before, that the Koyach Hahoyres Asahoyres, that destroys destruction. There is a war that is waged against war, the war of peace, if you will, like we saw in this week's Parsha with Pinchas HaKadosh. Mahava Esachayim Bechol Erchehem Umuvnehem. This Pegisha arranges the world in all of its arrangements, in all of their arrangements and everything that comes forth from it. So in order to show how fundamental the sugya is, how fundamental the sugya of Shira Sakelem is and the tikkun of Shira Sakelem, I want to actually quote from the Leshem HaKadosh in Sefer Hadeya, one source from Chelek Aleph and one source from Chelek Beis. Now, in Chelet Aleph of the Leshem, he says as follows in the name of the Rashash, that don't think that when we're discussing Shvira Sakhalin and the destruction of the vessels and the chaos and the trauma that results therein, that we're simply talking about some ephemeral kind of abstract notion of the Zion Malche Edom, the seven kings of the impure nations, but rather we are talking about everything that we as Jewish people experience on the day-to-day experience. And Rav Kook expresses this explicitly in Oros HaKodesh Chelek Beis on the Tuf Kuf Chaf Vav and Chaf Zion, where he expresses at length the Sugyos of the Shvira. But I want to read to you two places from the Leshem so that we can really understand how significant the Oschess is in this process. Rav Kook, the, the Leshem says as follows in Sefer Hadeya Chelek Aleph, in Jushe Olamato Chelek Aleph, Jush Gimel, Oz He says as follows that everything we experience as a result of the Shvira, Shahayavav Mine Malachim, these seven kings, these six or seven kings that die within each and every part of the world, Hine Naasa Mehem, everything that comes from that Shvira, each and every particular personality, up to and including our generation, and all individualized and specific existence, 
Now, if we read the Leshem seriously, what he's talking about is that each and every object that each of us have, each and every encounter that we have on a daily experience, all of that is contained within the original Shvira. The Kalul Kol Aleph Michal Hayut Sviros HaKlulim. And each individual and each experience that we have contains within itself the entirety of the above Sviros. And it is our job to elevate those things. So that don't think for a second that some abstract experience within the upper echelons of experience where this trauma informs creation, but rather it is found in each and every encounter that we have. And what we're going to end with is a statement that Leshem has in Chelek Bays of, of Jushi Olamatahu, where he discusses at length the notion of and here, in my opinion, it is nearly impossible to discern the difference between the Leshem and Rav Kook. If you were to put the writings of the Leshem in the Sefer of Rav Kook or the writings of Rav Kook in the Sefer of the Leshem with regards to this sugya, it would be very difficult, in my opinion, to discern the difference between the two of them, in spite of the vast differences that exist between their experiences and their way of, of teaching the Torah of the Arizal. So here in Chelak Bey's, we have the Leshem writing as follows. And the Leshem HaKadosh here is describing the mitzvah of believing in Tchiyasamesim. And it's a little bit lengthy, but I'm hoping that the translation that we have in reading the holy words of Leshem Shrova should be not only a schus for us to be able to be mavara our own vessels that are broken, but also it should clarify what Rav Kook is coming to say. It's a very deep and frightening concept. And this is a Lashem that we found multiple times in the Lashem, that it is not a person of my low status to be able to understand the secret. Nevertheless, the Lashem says something profound here. The Lashem says that it is not my right to understand this, but through what I was gifted from heaven, through the Ruach HaKodesh that I was endowed with on a certain sense, I'm going to spend some time discussing this in a humble way. And he goes and he quotes a number of Rishonim discussing the fundamental theological notion of believing in Tchiyas And he goes on as follows, and he says, Ah ha-emesu, in truth, ki talui ikr hakol, that the belief in Tchiyas the belief that things are being mavara themselves and the world is elevating itself, and in spite of the fact that there was tohu, there is tikkun that stands side by side with it at all times, talui ikr hakol, everything is contained in this. And without this, hayanira ki kol habriya kula hurak la'amal ulatla'a ulada'a vomesha shlechol basa Again, Rav Kook is saying what we all think. Uh, the Leshem is saying what we all think. The Leshem is saying that without the belief in Tchiyas HaMesim, without the fundamental necessity of recognizing that alongside Tohu there is Tikkun, alongside the Zion that destroys, there is a Zion that builds. Without that understanding, the entirety of existence would appear to be meaningless effort and suffering and the impoverishment of every soul and spirit, Chas v'shalom. Meaning without Tikkun, the world is meaningless and it appears to be just a stage of suffering. And the Leshem goes on and says, When we actually contemplate and pay attention to history, to the experience of history, 
from the point that Hashem has created the human being on earth. Everything seems to be suffering, and even Adam Harishon wasn't able to experience even one night of the way things were supposed to be. Right? And all the generations up until the Mabul were all destroyed and nothing remains of them except Noah and his children. And afterwards, all of the ten generations from Noah towards Avraham Avinu, there was no purpose in all of their experience, aside from the Yechide HaSibullah Shebechol Vador, aside from the Tzadikim who remained in each generation. And he goes on to say that Nira It seems that the entirety of history has absolutely no purpose. And then he continues and expresses up until the destruction of the Batei Mikdashos, that without Tikkun, without the belief in Tchiyas HaMesim, it seems that everything is meaningless and negative and painful. But the Leshem goes on and says as follows. He says, The true nature is as follows. The true depth of Tchiyas HaMesim, the elevation of the dead, the rectification of the Malchim Demisu, the fixing of the broken and dead kings that are represented in the Olam HaTohu and Olam HaTikun. It is not simply something that we hope for with regards to human beings alone. But rather, it is a fundamental experience for every aspect of creation, meaning plant life and inanimate life and animal life. From the moment that the world was situated to the end of the world. All of its strength and the strength of its strength. In its creation and its upkeep. The whole of each and every individual existence. In the entirety of experience. All of their experiences in Yanehem, Sha'avu, Al Kol Echad, Echad, everything that each and every individual and each and everything undergoes. Each and every strength within them, within each and every particular individual. In each and every moment, from all of their experiences. Everything stands to be elevated at the moment of Tchiyas HaMesim. Everything. There is not a single thing in the existence of the world that will remain unrectified. There is no part of Tohu which can exist on its own without a Tikkun that comes after it. Tchiyas will not simply be for the individual. But rather, every strength and every potentiation within existence from the creation of the world. They will all be elevated and all be rectified. And the entirety of the elevation of the dead of the individual who is a small world, it will be experienced for the entirety of creation, kulo bechlalu befrat, in its collective nature as well as its particular nature, ubeprate pratius, and in the particulars of the particulars, asher bechalzman kiyum haolam kulo, throughout the entirety of history, every crevice of history, vahainian hu kiharei iker hainian detchias amesim, the fundamental nature of detchias amesim, noda hu medivrei haarizal is known in the words of the arizal, shuhu nohe beemes tamid bechol rega varega. It is not something that we're looking forward to, but it is something that is taking 
taking place at each and every moment, that every moment that we experience, every food that we taste, every conversation that we have, every day that we work, every mitzvah that we do, every pain that we suffer, every anxiety that we work through, every thought of Kedusha that we have is an act of Tiyas Amesim, is elevating the fallen sparks of creation. V'hu b'hanit sotzin kalim, And it is within the sparks and the broken vessels, the hamalchin kudmin of the original kings of Edom, which died, asher heimesu v'nishbru, that died and broke, v'hem tamid cholchim u'misbarim b'choreda. And there is not a moment of existence or experience that these things are not elevating and working their way up back to Kedusha. They are potentially and actively elevating in each and every world. And the building of all the worlds, in all parts of the inanimate, vegetative, animal, and speaking life. All existence comes only from this breaking of the vessels. And it's what we perceive even in this world, that there are new creations and new inventions and new revelations, the in all four aspects of creation, Adam, that are there and situated and made for the human being. The says and there is no moment in the entirety of history and the entirety of experience, where there is not this expression of new kochos, which comes from fixing this brokenness of the trauma. The whole klehamaisa with all activity, with all technology, uman and all act. And what the world itself does through its own natural capacity, and the natural capacity that Hashem has placed in the world in order for the world to rectify itself. The Leshem is goes on for pages and pages expressing that everything is elevating. Everything is moving upwards. All tohu is is being rectified immediately. And as we're going to see when we come to Ostes next week, Be'ezras Hashem, we're going to see how this manifests in the tov haganus bay, in the hidden goodness that is contained and concealed within the light of the world. And we're going to see how Oschas, the Shvira itself, and the Tikkun leads us to understanding how the rest of the Aleph base is going to function from here on out.